0: Mmm. Episode 5. Episode 5 of The Passive Hang. Thanks again for joining us today. And today I have Aaron Griffiths, Aaron Griffiths from the Sunshine Coast joining me to have a chat. I've known Aaron for about a year now and every time I talk with him, you know, he fills me with laughter. He's a very humorous guy. Very open, very honest, and I think you get a lot of sense of that from our conversation. And also, if you jump onto his page, at a grifferama. Now, Aaron, he not only is a crazy, fantastic mover, or whatever you want to call it, but he also runs his own lawn practice, and he's a father as well. So, he juggles a lot of balls. And his movement practice is all the more impressive because he has never had a coach guiding him through any of this. So he's really been quite self-directed in his learning for reasons such as owning his own business, being a father, and then also being a little bit more isolated out in Sunshine Coast where there are not that many movement teachers around if if any so i think this approach of his is really quite interesting how he's been able to piece together the parts to to bring himself to where it is now and I also really enjoy a later section in this chat where Aaron goes more into the mental and the internal arts that he practices as well, and how he views that as a very important section of his practice, his practice of life as, as a whole. And that really resonates with me from my own findings and my own practice as well. So he delves a little bit deeper into his mindset and the way he approaches that as well. So I really enjoy this chat. You know, had a lot of laughs as I always do with him, and I hope you guys do too. And I'll leave it at that. I'll start the conversation now. This is episode five, episode five of the Passive Hang. My name's Faion. Here we go. With with you, Aaron. But um, yeah, maybe I just fantastic kick it off over to you. Like maybe just um, do a brief intro. Like who are you? What are you all about? (laughs)
1: Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. Very kind. Uh, Yeah, my name's Aaron. Uh, I'm up on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. And yeah, as you said, I'm a solicitor. I run a small property law practice uh, here on the Sunshine Coast. And I'm a bit of a movement enthusiast. Uh, I'm a dad. I've got two small children. Um, I live alone out in the forest uh, with them some of the week, and uh, I have a beautiful girlfriend who has three children of her own, and we're really into meditation and breath work, as you said, and just trying to live life to the max. Yeah, as as professional parents and life enthusiasts, so um, yeah, we try to share some of our adventures, and yeah, hopefully that can inspire other people and share information, uh, share techniques, and uh, that way we can all learn. So, yeah, I'm absolutely loving this quarantine right now because I'm at home and I get to do even more of these things. So, um, you know, I definitely feel for the collective, but on a purely selfish level, I'm enjoying myself at home right now. So <laughs> <laughs> it's going well.
0: And I think for those that are new to Aaron, if you, if you go into his Instagram as well, I think Lately, you've just been killing it with a lot of the updates, you know, really giving me a lot of comedic relief <laughs> during this time. So I think the last few, 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 videos, I, I just lost it. I, I had to like put away the phone. I just was laughing so hard.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, humor is the best way to, to raise the vibes. So, um, yeah, the pathways through laughter. So definitely need a good laugh. We all need a good laugh. It's very serious at the moment. So the more we can laugh and have a bit of fun, the better.
0: Do you think that side of you has always been like around or is that something that's become a a little bit more, more recent um, in, in what you're sharing?
1: Yeah, I think to be honest, that's my natural state. um, And when I'm trying to be something else, I, I try to put on the serious hat and yeah, work can be a real struggle for me because I'm a solicitor. It can be so serious. Um, so I feel like I'm acting, you know, to get through adult life. A lot of the times I feel like that's an act um, being serious and yeah, the lighthearted funny side of things uh, is my, is my natural state. And I think maybe we all sort of have that um, inner laughter like that inner uh, lightness but we just we just drown it in so much seriousness and worry and concern Mm. um so it's just great to let that out and um yeah you feel really self-conscious sometimes about what people are going to think or am I going to be funny or um how would this joke be received but I I think the less you worry about that and you just do your thing um, the more enjoyable it is. And, and uh, it's just good to share a laugh. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, I'm hoping for like a little funny story around like a tough negotiation where you just drop a one-liner and everyone, you know, it just solves everything. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, I I kind of, um, you know, my, my hero in law has been always been Dennis Denudo from the castle. I don't know if you ever saw the film, the castle. (laughs) Uh, you know, and he was, he was reasonably incompetent as a solicitor, uh, but he always, you know, just came out with these inappropriate remarks and he was constantly frustrated about his job. So I like to channel my, my inner Dennis DeNudo. And uh, when I'm, when I'm loading the photocopier at work, Im- imitate him. And um, so, <laughs> so yeah, it's, you just got to have a laugh. Um, I think it, it humanizes uh, the experience too. And yeah, when you are in a tough negotiation, uh, it can just be the best pattern interrupt to just crack a joke. And it's it's so unexpected. So it can just rattle the paradigm and uh, crack people out of their seriousness and humanizes the experience. So um, you can start to build some empathy, Build some better relationships, um, even when it is a tough, um, a tough negotiation. So it can be helpful. It can also backfire terribly. You know, when you when you crack that joke, and it's it's just like you can hear a pin drop, and you know, <laughs> damn it, I missed the mark on that one. But that's the risk you've got to take, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I can get all reward comes with you know some some sort of risk. So you just gotta <laughs> you just gotta dive up sometimes.
1: That's
0: it, that's it <laughs> well there's a there's a bit that I wanted to unpack before, but before we go on to that, maybe like, do you want to delve into a bit about how you've ended up into this stage of you know be, becoming a movement enthusiast on the physical sort of side like how did you get drawn into this whole thing you know term it movement movement culture or whatever um, yeah where where did it start for you?
1: Yeah, uh, always uh, being reasonably interested in in athletics. I grew up playing rugby league. I grew up in the country, so rugby league was the default sport out there. Um, Through that, um, you get introduced to strength training. um, You always want to be bigger for rugby league. It's usually about size and mass and speed and power. So uh, that was my introduction to a physical practice, uh, which was great. It, It also taught me a lot about resilience and um, suffering and, uh, enduring through, uh, terrifying situations. Um, I'm not the biggest guy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 72 kilos ring and wet. So you're out there with um, 120 kilogram Polynesian guys. Um, it can be pretty scary place. <laughs> so that was my introduction to, uh, physical movement. And, um, when I finished playing and started working, uh, kept lifting weights and doing the strength related stuff. Um, But um, that then led to some injuries because I didn't really pay any attention to mobility or stretching, or I don't think I'd even heard the word mobility back then. So um, eventually it led to some some injuries. I tore a labrum in my hip doing some squats and um, I nearly broke my ankle playing touch footy and I found myself in a place where I couldn't um, I couldn't uh, lift weights the same as I used to. So I needed to come up with something else to do. And I came across uh, Ido Portal's work maybe five years ago, who I think is pretty much the godfather of, of movement culture and, and for a lot of people is their entry point into – um, into what is movement culture? So uh, I went off to a seminar, a workshop with his in Sydney for two days, and was just blown away by what um, his students could do and how limited I was. I thought I was a fairly fit individual, but I I was so stiff and I was so weak in all these unusual ranges that um, he would explore, and I and I really loved the the aesthetic. Um, beauty of the way he moved in that capoeira style, flowing dance-like martial art inspired yogerish gymnastics, and it was something I couldn't. I came home from that, and people said to me, "What did you do?" Like, what? and I just couldn't even describe it. I there were no well, it was like this, but it wasn't, and then it was like that, but it wasn't quite that, and and so I thought it just really stimulated my curiosity and I thought, Oh, I really want to explore this. And it felt great to just be working with my body weight because the injuries weren't aggravated and I started Mm. to get a lot of relief with these injuries as well. So I've just kept pursuing that, um, ever since.
0: Yeah. I think that, you know, that, that pain, uh, as a motivator is always like this common thread that I've, I've now talked to a few people and then myself included, really sparked off a new line of in- inquiry. Yeah, this this pain, this pain sort of um pain as a motivator, because when I first found the gym, you know, I, I started getting really deep into it. It started making me feel strong in all these ways that I hadn't felt strong before. And then you start squatting, deadlifting, you know, bench pressing, all that sort of stuff. And then I got to this point where it started becoming like a negative return, I think. And um but then that was the only thing I, I knew yes but then i i reached a point where i couldn't ignore that anymore and then you had to face it and go okay like maybe there's something else out there
1: yeah yeah and it's that concept where if you do something enough it eventually becomes a poison um mm. you know like uh that idea where if you drink enough water it will kill you um and it just as like arsenic can help revive somebody uh when they're unconscious like a tiny little amount so It's, it's picking your poison and dosage and, and um, when we only know one modality, uh, I think in our culture, we're taught, oh, it's, um, it's admirable to get really elite at something. But often that comes at an enormous cost uh, when it turns on you. So uh, there's so much benefit in diversifying your practice and, and, um, and spreading the risk uh, because if you stay too long in any one thing, you tend to pay a price. Unless you really, you're really diligent about how you manage the risk factor, and often we're not because as you get more elite at something or better at something, you just push harder and harder, and you get greedy, yeah. And that's that's when the injuries happen. And but that's where usually you learn your biggest lessons, and you, it's easy in hindsight to go, oh, idiot, you know, I was. I was uh, I wasn't warm when I did that deadlift, and first thing in the morning, I tried to PR it, and you know tore something. And um, you got to walk, live with that for uh, for a long time, maybe, or you got a huge rehab ahead of you to fix it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, now I tend to be, and I think with age too, as you get older, and you have to be a bit more aware of your body um, and your recovery, you start to be a bit more intelligent about diversifying your, your practice and, Mm. um, and actually enjoying having variety and, and doing a few different things.
0: Yeah. What does your personal practice look like? Or, you know, if someone was to ask, you you know, what do you do? What, what do you say? Well,
1: I, I go through, um, I go through stages, like I'm not a real militant, diligent schedule guy where I have full on programs. Although sometimes when I get off track, um, I do, I'll set up a program for six weeks and I'll and I'll try to follow that along for six weeks and I'll pick a couple of key skills and I'll just focus on those. Um, and within that, there's always some strength and conditioning. So um, I love just basic gymnastics, strength training so um you know pull-ups whether it's on the rings or the bar um I've got some parallettes so I like to work on those Uh, I like to train planche um I like to train handstands um some some single-legged squat type stuff for the legs and um and then a little bit of soft acrobatics um, and for the last couple of years, I've been training jitsu. So, um, I'll, I'll train Brazilian jitsu a couple of times a week, which is very cerebral. And, um, and that's also the conditioning for me, um, wrestling for an hour or an hour and a half is very taxing on the body. So that's, that's my cardio. Um, I'll have a surf here and there. We go hiking on the weekends. So I'll do some stuff like that, or I'll grab my skateboard, have a skate here and there, which is just loose, you know, whenever I can do it. But typically, um, you know, jiu-jitsu a couple of times a week, gymnastic strength training a couple of times a week, do some handstands a couple of times a week, and it's pretty loose for the most part. Uh, but every now and then I go I go hard and I'll do a, a, a like I'll want to crack a skill. So at the moment it's air baby. I'm trying to do those, uh, those one-armed, uh, holds, uh, it's like a yoga inspired move where you, yeah. uh, you sort of balance on the, on the one, one hand. I know you know what it is.
0: <laughs> the, um, I think the air baby was one of the moves when, when I first saw it, it just like blew my mind. It was like another one of those things. Where it's like, how is that even possible?
1: Yeah. Yeah. All, a lot of those one arm balance, uh, levers and, and balancing poses, are um, uh, just really, Uh, nuanced uh, adjustments. Um, You need the base sort of strength in your tendons and everything else but then it's this weird little balance point that takes months to like dial in and get it just right and then you you, like wire it into your nervous system and then all of a sudden you can do something. Um, And I probably what got me into exploring that was the QDR. Mm. Um, I don't know the actual full I can't pronounce the full Portuguese (laughs) <laughs> uh, name. I, so I just use the acronym. Um, but, uh, the QDR is another, um, one arm hand balance, um, which requires just a really fine tuning of, of the balance point. Mm. And it's not actually like a huge, once you can do it, you realize it doesn't require enormous amounts of strength, but it can take months to like bot, like dial in mm-hmm. the balance. And I, I find that highly addictive
0: yeah i was about to ask you because um from what you listed before you're saying you know you're pretty loose between how you like to schedule things and it's sounding like that's how you also like to to just um express yourself as well so what motivates or how do you then switch from that to then going like you know i'm really going to focus on this for now to to really get it is there something that you do like there's a there's a click over in your in your mind or something and then you're like this is going to be it like maybe take us through that process
1: Um, sometimes it'll be, I'll just see somebody do something and it'll really inspire me to, to aim for that uh, particular skill. Um, or other times I have in the back of my mind, one or two things that I want to be working on. And I think that, I think there's a progression as you go, you might start with, you know, a freestanding handstand. And when you very first start for me, it took, quite a few months to be able to do, you know, a 10 second freestanding handstand. Um, I was on the wall for a long time and I just wanted to be able to do a handstand. And once you can do a handstand and maybe you build that up to 30 seconds, which takes, maybe that takes you another six months of practicing, um, which is very satisfying. You start, you you know, I, I saw someone do a press to handstand and I thought, wow, I mean, that's that—that's amazing. I don't think I could ever do that. But then you start working on some of the drills towards that, and I mean, that took me years to really. Uh, you know, I've probably been practicing handstands for four or five years now, and um, depressed the press to handstand, just that part of the journey took a couple of years of, of you know, trying for. Um, blocks of time and then getting really frustrated and giving up or, um, losing interest and then coming back to it. And you just inch along, um, until eventually, um, I got there with that one. And, um, then, then there's something else from there, you know, there's always another layer or another level up to explore. Mm. And I think that's what makes movement culture. So, um, uh, never ending and, uh, awesome because, there's always something else uh, around the corner, and you just think you get to one place, and then there's another level. So um, that's kind of been how it works. It's just like a domino effect, one thing to the next. Mm. Um, and and I've made the mistake too of trying to do too much at once, where you you have too many things, and progress is really slow when you're working on eight different things, as opposed to picking one or two things. Mm. And just you know, for skills like hand balancing.
0: So when so, when you pick out a skill like that, like say you're working on the air baby now, like do you end up devoting like heaps of sessions to it per the week, and you st- stop doing so much of the other stuff? Like how how does that shift shift look like in terms of like how much you're practicing?
1: I try to for the hand balancing. I find um, my wrists can tolerate uh, quite a few sessions a week. So. Uh, i have just been, what I'll do is for the, air, for the air baby practice, I try to do it like every day at the moment. I'm just every day. If I get like five or 10 minutes, I'll try to just do a few holds and just, it's through accumulation of, of reps that I'm just trying to get my reps in through the week and, um, uh, so at least like three times a week, I'm trying it. But then if there's a window, I just get down and I'm just trying to do it. And I'm just, I'm developing the tolerance in my wrists and mm. my shoulders. And I'm trying to find that balance point and create the, the leverage and the power that I need to, to, to get the hold. So um, I'll just introduce it in and I'll try to do it as frequently as I can. But definitely have a, you know, a couple of dedicated sessions for a week. Without neglecting the other stuff, and and because um, you don't get a great workout from the air baby holds, it's like not very. Uh, your muscles don't get a great workout from it. It's a it's hmm. sort of a weird hand balance, so um, it can even be something you do at the start of your session, and then you do your strength work afterwards or some conditioning afterwards. So, um, but it'll be pretty nifty when I crack
0: it. <laughs> well, I, I'm putting my bet on. I reckon. In in a couple of months, I'll be I'll be seeing the update, and you'll be you'll be being <laughs> But yeah, awesome. some, something I want to touch on was you know I think you mentioned to me before, Aaron, that you've never actually really had like a formal coach or, or a teacher through all this process. Like, uh, you no. you went to you know initially like the movement camp, so maybe um, a movement camp or the, the workshop uh, where yep. you got some initial sort of. Guidance, but yep. most mostly, yeah. You sort of train by yourself, self-learning, figuring out yep. what you can. Yeah, I guess maybe just un- unpack that. How do you how do you go about actually learning these things? Because one uh, challenge that I normally have with trying to piece things together, especially for for this movement thing, is is finding the good information. It's like also sporadic sometimes, like it's spread yeah. over like 50,000 Instagram accounts and you're trying to piece together like, oh, yeah. okay, what's actually relevant. Maybe, how do you go about it?
1: Yeah. Well, um, some great resources that I started with, um, uh, I was very inspired by Edo portal. So I, I inquired about, um, uh, his online learning and, um, it's reasonably expensive. And at the time, um, I wasn't sure I could commit to the three hours a day um, sort of format that he wants to work with super committed movers and I had some commitments with my family and my office and everything. So, you know, I wanted to train every day if I could, but I might not guarantee three hours a day. So I looked around for some alternatives and um, I started with um, the gymnastic bodies um, online programming and that was really helpful for me to build up the basics um, because I needed a foundational handstand, a foundational straddle planche, um, really needed to improve my back mobility and they've got some splits training um, and uh, some different some different press work. So that was a good way for me to get started and um, they had some programming ideas in there where Um, they believe that for most adults mobility is chronic and should be the focus of your training um, more so than strength work. However, most of us don't really want to do mobility work because it's uncomfortable. It hurts. It's hard and it's not very flashy or you don't really get to show anything off. So it does nothing for the ego. Um, So, What you should do is for every um, strength uh, exercise you do, pair it with um, a complementary mobility exercise. And I keep that philosophy in mind when I'm training. I'll always try to at least make mobility 50% of what I'm doing when in reality it should probably be like 80% for me because I was so stiff. I work at a desk. Um, I've neglected that for a large part of my life. But... I want the power, I want the strength, I want the cool stuff. So um, I compromise and I have 50-50. So um, yeah, I have come to really enjoy working out by myself and at home. And um, yeah, I just like that I can go at my own pace and uh, there's loads of great resources on YouTube or or, um, or elsewhere. And in terms of the Edo Portal related stuff, there's a page called uh, Florio Project, I believe it's called, hmm. Florio Project, where um, another mover catalogs all of Edo Portal's uh, videos and all these different workout plans and lesson plans, and they're in one central place. So that can save you a lot of time from trawling through YouTube. And he's cataloged it all out. So I think it's called Florio Project. So I've spent a bit of time on there. Um, you know, I've downloaded a few other online programs and a few, uh, a few things like that, and just sort of built my own, built my own programming. And um, I don't get embarrassed because at the start I was my problem was I was so embarrassed to do it in a regular gym because i I'm, I'm like flopping around on the ground trying to do brazilian martial arts you know and uh so at home i didn't have that problem so you know that was another uh good good part of training at home so
0: yeah i love it yeah i th- yeah i think i've come across that florio project before as well it's from um Nick's website uh, mm. yeah he's, he's put a lot of links out there it's a really great resource to check out um yeah, I normally utilize a good Google search as well and I've been, I think you're pretty handy with Google as well, which has yielded some, some good results in, in what to find and at least gives you somewhat of a starting template, I think, to go start finding some answers f- for yourself, right? Because in the end, you end up just... You need something a bit more individual to, to yourself as well, right? Because there's like your body's different, what you you kind of want to learn is different as well. And so you need to, I find like the sooner I was starting to find a bit more independence and ability to question, that's when it started becoming a a lot more relevant for me as well.
1: Yeah, well, this is a really good point because right now a lot of people find themselves at home quarantined. All the gyms are closed right now as we speak. So um, the beauty in taking control of your own programming um granted you're going to need to learn um you know you're going to need to learn some fundamentals but if you're able to take control of it to a degree uh you you'll always be able to use your body and your own body weight and very minimalistic equipment to generate um challenging workouts and and work on really fun skills that will captivate you and and keep you engaged for forever basically. So there's no substitute for a great coach. And I'm always so jealous of people that live in metropolitan areas that are close to um, really rad coaches. And, and um, I haven't sort of been lucky enough to live close enough to anybody that does the, um, I guess the work that I'm interested in. So for me, I've had to, try and look for it elsewhere and, you know, jump on a plane and go to your workshop here and there and grab the information, bring it back and then put it into practice myself. And ultimately, you're the one that has to do the reps and you're the one that has to do the work. So um, I don't have a problem with that. It's just, it's slower for sure because you don't have someone giving you those cues. But you can use, you've got to use your video and you because you're going to lie to yourself. You're going to cheat. So the video doesn't lie. Um, You can use that. Um, I've written to loads of awesome coaches and, you know, they're so generous. Most of them will give you feedback and and help you out a bit. Uh, They know you're at home giving it your best. So people are very generous too.
0: Yeah, I think this is another sort of, um, I don't want to call it a trick, but uh, a way to, to get feedback. <laughs> <laughs> but I've noticed as well, like when I go, especially on Instagram, you know, following a few people or I, I start connecting with people and I see something, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I click on the post and it normally always comes up as like, a Gryphorama has like this. Like you've already you've already <laughs> been across every single
1: one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well you can follow, you know, if you're working on um, a particular skill. Maybe it's straddle planche. You can follow that hashtag and, and you'll come across a lot of the tutorials that are on Instagram or wherever. And, and um, yeah, and then you can reach out to the people that are really good at that skill. And um, sometimes you can even show them where you're at and with a message and they'll give you feedback. And, and it'll just be that one cue that'll unlock a whole nother level in a skill because no one's ever said that to you. And um, it's not as good as having a real coach in the room with you but you know it's the best substitute you can create if you can't get to a gym or you can't get to a coach so you've got to get creative and um, that's what i've done and it's worked for me it's slow going but i have fun and it's not a race either i'm not a pro athlete um you know i'm just a dad And just having a good time in my backyard. So um, you got to keep that in mind too, that it's not a rush. You don't need to, you don't need to rush it. You'll get there eventually.
0: I think that's a really, really good point. Yeah. There's like, yeah, there's this beauty in this uh, independence as well. I think where you're just making that decisions for yourself and learning for yourself, but then just bringing it back to that point where, Hey, like if I, like say you're training for the handstand, does it actually matter if you were to get it within a year versus like four four years? I mean, in the end, you're not like racing for a medal for the handstand or anything. And I know I've fallen into that trap before just going like, I really want this. I really want this. And then you just push that, that little bit like too much. And then you end up in a negative place and then also behind where you once were before. So yeah, that's, that's the, that's the battle match, I think, with the ego all the time.
1: Totally. Um, you know, I'm dealing with some bicep tendinitis at the moment because I, um, I was making some really good gains with the one-arm pull-up and um, I, I just got a bit greedy uh, probably about four months ago and I had this awesome session. It was my best session ever. I'd been working on it, you know, on and off over a few years. And I was just starting to get my, my chin up over the ring and, and consistently. Um, and I had this session where I, I did a bunch of negatives and I just did a few. I was adding volume into my into my session and I, I just went a bit far and I felt fine in the session. And then the next day, um, yeah, I knew all about it. I had, I had a searing pain and you know, my bicep joins into my uh, forearm there. And I didn't even get uh, an acute injury at the time. I didn't even feel it um but anyway so that then requires some rehab to fix that and yeah it's just getting a little greedy and that's going to happen you're going to find the edge of your limitations and you're gonna that's when you know uh, i've gone a bit too far here so um sometimes you have to regress and and then do a bit of rehab to get something right again and then come back at it a second time with a Um, a more intelligent approach and realize, okay, I'm not going to overdo it. I'm just going to maybe uh, do a little less volume, uh, maybe do a bit more prep work or are there any sort of weaknesses that I need to address before I get back into it? So there's always something to learn um, and you've got injuries are going to be part of it too. You're going to, you're going to get tweaks, you're going to get pains Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna get hurt at some point but um i think that's just inevitable i don't know anyone that does this stuff that just glides on through with never a scratch you know i think that's just part of the game too
0: yeah it's a little bit like you have to keep on finding those edges right because on the edges that's where you're gonna learn the most but also on those edges there's always that risk where yeah something might tweak either minorly or, or majorly like your approach um to your approach to like, I guess uh, a potentially traumatic event, like an, an injury, I guess, how do you, how do you approach that th- these days as yep. well? Like, you know, you, you mentioned it quite maturely going, okay, like I'm just going to have to break it down and then rebuild and go back to it again. Um, you know, is that yeah? Is that something that you're getting that in itself you've, you've been getting a lot better at, you know, recently how, how, how has your thinking changed around that?
1: Yeah. Well, I used to just ignore stuff and keep training through it. thinking I was being tough or, um, I was a quitter if I, if I stopped, but if you've ever experienced any form of tendonitis, that's just the worst thing you can do and and rid of. So, um, you get better at, I think, knowing the nature of what is a, a more serious injury or what's something that's got potential to put you out for longer and something that is just DOMS, which, okay, you can train through DOMS, but, yeah, when it comes to the tendons or something more serious, I tend to treat, um, uh, you know, the acute injury through rest initially and then I avoid doing the thing that aggravates it and then I look into, so sometimes that requires a period of rest from that particular movement. So for me, I hurt myself doing one-arm pull-ups. Um, the next day I knew immediately because uh, I've experienced different tendinitis before. I knew it was a problem and um, I had to rest it. Uh, that didn't mean I stopped training. I just worked on other things. So I found um, uh, straight-arm handstands didn't bother me. That was okay. You know, I could still do some acrobatics and things with my legs. So I just adapted my program immediately. And then I started doing some rehab exercises for it. And from what I've learned about tendons from talking to different physiotherapists, um, tendons love load. So generally your treatment for tendinitis involves a lot of negatives. Um, uh, So I, I just start, putting that in rehab in a couple times a week for my arm. And then uh, I started noticing improvement within a few weeks. Um, so, and then when you come back to it, just not rushing, not going straight back into the progressions you're up to, you're going to probably have to start back at two hands and, and really go steady and just monitor it. So um, it's being a bit more mature about it these days. Um, 10 years ago, I just, just ignore things, but not a good idea. (laughs) Not a good idea because if they set in, they're really hard to kick. Whereas if you, if you're diligent, you can, you can sort of generally move through it, um, you know, within a couple of months. And, and I think training the other things too just helps keep you keep you strong and healthy. So it's being able to pivot and adapt and just make sure that, It's great it can force you to actually start a whole different skill or a whole different thing and your ego you just have to let go of that no just forget about it and go work on something else and dive into that so that's how I do it that's my strategy
0: yeah it reminds me of I remember when I was younger and I went on holidays for it was like nine months and I hadn't really exercised and I came back and I just jumped straight into it. And I did like these heavy pull-ups and I couldn't like raise my arms for like two weeks afterwards. (laughs) But I I was, I was just like beating myself up about it as well. I was just like, ah, stupid body. Like, why can't I do it? I used to be able to do this. Um, I think this development of real self dialogue is, has been super important, at least for me, you know, um, in these recent years to gain more of an understanding, but, um yeah maybe like i guess this also goes into a bit of the mental side of, of training which sometimes you know you share a lot about on, on your page as well you know i see you doing a lot of breath work um for those that don't know when when i went up to the sunshine coast and we um we met you took me down through you know some wim hof breathing and then into your into your tub of ice so Aaron's got this big, (laughs) big like freezer, freezer chest thing which you can (laughs) jump into. It was one of the like yeah coldest things ever that I've (laughs) ever been to. But um, that was awesome. Maybe, yeah. Do you want to like? When did your interest started picking up on all this other stuff outside of not not just the physical stuff, um, but you know, breath work, meditation, all that sort of thing? Was it about the same time that you started? shifting focus in your physical, physical practice as well?
1: Well, I think, um, when it comes to the mind or more spiritual esoteric practices, um, they often, you know, with our movement, we often take a direction because of physical pain or physical injury. And when it comes to the mind or spiritual development, it usually comes through, um, some sort of emotional pain or maybe uh, trouble you've had in your life uh, where you feel lost or it could be a mystical experience in some form or another. And uh, there's been a number of those in my life and um, ranging from uh, very surreal dreams uh, where I've experienced my own death to um, car accidents Uh, my ex-wife was in a horrific head-on collision and nearly died, and that was a very surreal experience to be at a scene that looks like a movie with helicopters coming down and to see someone dying in a car wreck, um, really alters your perception of reality, your perception of time changes, Um, and uh, other, other experiences around my work and my relationship to this whole idea of how we get a career and go to work and starting to question, um, the nature of, uh, my, my, my being and, uh, this, this character that I've built, um, around career and money. So all of these questions start to get you pondering. What exactly am I? Um, what else is there to explore other than just the body? And you realize um, that the body is the house uh, for, the, for the soul, for the spirit and, and the mind. And that these are other um, modalities that we can explore just like our physical practice. So um, this is where modalities like meditation, breath work, um, uh, come into play because you can start to treat them the same as you would a physical practice. And you can start to develop, um, your mind, you can develop your resilience. You can sit in ice and it'll take you to a whole different part of yourself where there's deep peace and it brings tremendous relief from a lot of your problems. Um, and that can help, uh, you deal with adversity, um, in, in your life, whether it's at work or your relationships. Uh, you're used to doing difficult things and you can you can still find peace despite searing icy pain on your skin, <laughs> as we did when you came to my place. Um, and the breath can be a great way to prepare for that and also just change your chemistry. So there's a lot there, there's a lot there to unpack, but um, for me, a couple of those life events deep emotional trauma led me to want to explore those things and Mm. treat them the same way as i do my movement practice it's it's a spiritual practice and a practice for the mind so it's the whole package i think that Mm. um is worth exploring and not just limit yourself to the physical
0: yeah i think you know events like that when they happened they you know you can't ignore them anymore right this is like slap right right in front of your face um and like there's almost no 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 choice to to ignore you got to do something about it um and you know for for me as well that's been really a big part of this whole self-discovery is not only you know asking questions or maybe it's the, the the questioning itself you know first for me it was about you know my body and all that but then it started turning more about like yeah similar like you you know who am I? What am I doing? All these sort of sort of things. I think, I think it almost just comes comes natural from this, this state where you just you stop just believing everything that is being thrown at you and just trying to find your, your own path. I think maybe that's um, that's the commonality yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I found what is for a, a people. Most people can understand that getting into the fitness can understand, for a lot of people, myself included, it was having control over something in my life. It was something I could control and I could make direct changes to my body through uh, the work that I would put in. So it's very empowering feeling. Um, However, it's limited because what good is that if you get triggered by people on an emotional level and you experience anger and rage and uncontrollable emotions. All of a sudden you're a slave to these emotions that are pushing you around. And you're getting triggered by everybody. Um, you don't have control of that aspect of your psyche, of yourself. And for me, I, 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 I got to a point where I really felt uncomfortable having no control of my emotions. And I thought, well, hang on a minute, there must be a way to treat my emotional health, my mental health, my spiritual health, like my training, and and there is. Um, Through meditation, you can do sets and reps of um, sitting with your thoughts, observing your thoughts, and uh, going deeper and deeper uh, it's I, I treat it exactly like I would a workout until uh, and it's repetition until eventually um, your thoughts stop pushing you around and you're not a slave to them and uh, the emotions from these trigger points um, and you can consciously stay calm mm. and that then that becomes very empowering. So there's all these beautiful parallels and I think, for somebody that's good at movement training, it's easy to understand when you teach them the principles, um, they can start to cross over into um, the inner, the inner work. And, and then you're working on both. You're doing the outer and the inner. Um, and you're starting to really unify. And then you see the world in a very different way. And it's, um, it's very peaceful because... I don't know about you and maybe for some of your listeners, I remember setting these goals when I was more sort of like interested in bodybuilding, thinking when I build up to 82 kilos and I'm ripped and I'm 5% body fat and I look like uh, that V taper and I look a certain way, I'm going to feel happy. And at one point I hit my goal weight and I built right up and I got to this sort of... Um, goal that took a few years to get to and I was shocked that it was such an empty feeling it didn't make me happy at all Mm. Um, and then I was very confused because I thought well hang on a minute I've hit my goal I hit my goal wait my goal look um shouldn't I be ecstatic but I realized it was only one piece of the human puzzle it's just the physical and there was this whole inner just as In my strength work I neglected mobility so did with just focusing on the physical I was neglecting the emotional Um, I was only doing the outer not the inner and then I thought oh okay I need to add that in so hence the meditation the ice bars the breath work and um, there's a whole nother world there to explore so well worth checking out
0: yeah that I think that's a a deep and powerful part, right? That's an, that's another one where you could just keep on getting lost in, and there's like, uh, just like movement where there's always like another level, or maybe level's not the correct term, but you know, like more to d- discover. Um, there's no there's no end end to it. So, um, absolutely. Yeah, it, it reminds me of something that uh, you know, Mark Manson. Uh, he, he, yes, yeah, writes, writes the um. Uh, subtle art of, like, yeah, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he mentions how, you know, the quickest way to kill a dream is to achieve a dream. Totally. And I thought that was totally. a really funny, funny way of putting it. But, yeah, it goes to also this concept, which I really love, which is, you know, this ongoing hero's journey. Like we all, Always need to be on some sort of journey, like always. And you know, when you when you finish that journey, you got you got to start a new journey because if there's no journey, you kind of you feel lost. I've been in that position before, um, and that place is not as nice as when you're actually like, okay, like I'm traveling towards somewhere and working towards that um, somewhere. That struggle is sort of like the the the, the place where you're most happy, I think. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And the the good news is, for a spiritual practice, uh, unless you crack enlightenment first meditation, you know, which <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, but maybe someone gets lucky and they just get enlightened first time they ever meditate. Um, chances are you're going to be like everybody else and you're going to lose your peace almost daily and, and forget that piece that you worked really hard to cultivate during your meditation, and you're gonna have things trigger you, and you're gonna give it up, you're gonna give it over, and no one can ever t- take it from you. You will always volunteer, voluntarily hand over your peace to someone, and and that's what you learn too. So you get practice every single day, and then the goal becomes: how do I hold on to my peace for longer each day? and let's stretch that gap out and i want to see how long i can hold it for today until you know i trip and fall and and give it up so um the, you never reach you never reach the goal with the inner work you never get there um which is also the beauty of it because each day you you, you go again and you might hold on to it for a while and maybe you have a good run but then sooner or later someone triggers you or something happens and you get derailed and off you go. It's another challenge. And it's just like training around injuries. Um, The work is never done and that's not a depressing thing. That's the beauty of the game. So uh, you just got to keep going and um, yeah, find some practices that you enjoy um, and try to do them each day and Try to be happy. Try to be as peaceful as you can for as long as you can. And it's okay when you don't, when you're not, and you stuff up and you and you lose it or you give it up. Um, there's always another chance tomorrow.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I really love <laughs> how, how you how you put it there. It's yeah, it's good. It's like that. Those it's like chasing the dragon. Those those fleeting moments. Um, and and when they come, you're sort of like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in it. Yes. It could just you could just go just like that at totally at any moment.
1: Well you get those you get those moments where you feel semi enlightened and you're like I've got it I've got it this is it I'm never losing it this time. Um, I'm gonna just sit with this I'm gonna keep it this time and then it'll be something stupid you know like I don't know the tri- most trivial little thing will you know someone pushes in front of you in a line or someone's rude to you or I don't know you get an email without a salutation on it or it'll just be something I don't know trivial and you'll get aggravated and you think what this is nothing but I'm agitated and I'm angry and anyway it's if you can catch yourself out while you're doing it that's the key it's oh, look at you go, Aaron, you're, you're getting all frazzled again. And just sort of watch your own behavior. And that's, that's the first step.
0: Yep. And
1: um, quite often that's enough to like create a gap, create a, a break in the, uh, in the circuits. And then you can start to do your work to calm down again. So yeah, okay. I think that's a nice way to complement your physical practice. And I know a lot of people are um, doing the Wim Hof breathing um now in the gym so that's fantastic so there's so many different breath modalities meditation modalities you've got visualizations you've got uh, mantras you've got breath work Um, so many possibilities it's never ending it's another world that you can just explore forever and never experience it all Mm. so
0: and i think for for anybody who's listening as well um Aaron, you, you've got a few videos on, on some breathwork stuff, right? Just like some some, some some simple stuff that you can follow along. So I, I recommend to check that out. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm going to um, – I'm actually uh, in the process of, of cataloging a bit more stuff and, um, yeah, pretty soon I'm going to try and share that on a whole separate page just with um, uh, purely designed at helping – share uh, breathwork, meditation and movement with people. So at the moment, my page, agripharama on Instagram, it's a bit of a personal diary and and I'm sharing the things that I'm doing. Um, So, but I'm very much interested in taking that to the next level now and and creating a side business to um, my law practice uh, designed just purely at helping introduce people to um, these techniques that have really helped me, and all focused on the breath, uh, meditation, and movement. So yeah, I'll be releasing that uh, this year, and hopefully sharing a lot more information with people.
0: Awesome! Really looking forward to it. That that sort of answers my next question, which was yeah, what what was going to be on in the near near future. And that sounds that sounds really exciting, and I think you know something that. It can be helpful for almost anybody, right? Like we all get affected by these things and we've all got the breath, so that can be a powerful tool.
1: Totally. Yeah, I think you can start to look at everything in the same way. There's so much um, incredible complexity to, to absolutely everything and half the trick in life is um, is just... Uh, starting to look at things and appreciate the layers of complexity that that goes into almost anything, and there's so much enjoyment um, in understanding in understanding things, whether it's whether it's nature or whether it's a particular movement skill or whether it's meditation. So there's absolutely no reason to get bored. Um, there's so much to learn and understand, and and through that process, it can make you feel great and bring you an incredible deep sense of peace. So that's my goal.
0: Well, I think if yeah, if you can bring some of your energy and transfer that into to other people and this enthusiasm, I think you know the world will be a better place. Um yeah, I I truly believe that. So, <laughs> but um I'm just mindful of the time. We'll pr- we'll probably just wrap it up here uh, for for this episode, but um yeah, how best, uh, if anyone wants to get into contact with you, you know, ask you a question, find out a little bit more, what's the best way?
1: Yes. Uh, Instagram's probably the best way. Agriforama, Grifforama, Agriforama uh, on, on the gram. <laughs> so, so hit me up on the gram.
0: <laughs> hey, mom, I'm on the gram.
1: I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, on the uh, gram again, mom. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm really appreciative of of your time, you know, you're, you're a busy dad, you run your law practice, you got all this other stuff going on, you know, now this new side side project. So yeah, really, really appreciate you. Um, you know, sitting down with me today and and having a chat and I hope people listening in, you know, they, they get a good insight into, you know, who who this guy is and um, maybe a few insights there about, about training and meditation as well. So, um, any last words
1: look just uh you know i want to send my blessings out to everybody right now who might be listening to this who's at home um and uh locked down or in quarantine so my heart goes out to you all and i'm sending you positive healthy vibes so yeah keep uh, keep up your practices um, and it's time to learn some new skills and try some new things too. So don't be afraid to try something new and uh, get still and slow down and do some meditation and calm down. So I will leave you with that.
0: Episode 5 of The Passive Hang. And thanks to Aaron for joining me on that one. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, if you like this podcast, flick it over to a friend, subscribe to it, and there'll be more episodes to come. So let me know what you guys think. You can find me at feyonp on Instagram. Send me a message. I'll be keen to hear. Thanks, guys.